Welcome to the Leadership Playbook. My name is Emily Hawkins. How I used to introduce myself is, I have 15 years in supply chain, creating and leading teams, streamlining processes, managing millions of dollars. Except that's not what I do anymore. I'm a career and life coach. And I wanna take you on the journey of how to lead yourself, how to take your career to the next level, whatever that may be. I'm gonna give you tangible advice on exactly how to do what you want to do. Lead and love your life. This week, I wanna talk to you about something that truly blew my mind. And I wanted to share it with you because uh, I just felt so compelled And you're going to think this is strange, but if you don't know anything about me, I love an analogy. I actually see a lot of interesting insights and things that don't always seem to be insightful, if that makes sense. So hang with me on this one. I have a really hard time binge watching things, by the way, and zoning out. I I can't say that I don't like binge watching. I love binge watching. But I'm the person who's taking notes either on my phone of what I watch because there's always something, there's always a lesson in whatever it is I'm watching and it doesn't have to necessarily be a documentary. But in this case, it definitely was. And I I just felt compelled to share this because I think we all need to understand that every single person on earth is human. And sometimes I think we forget that. I think that we think that there are certain people who are superhuman. They have special gifts and talents that far exceed anyone else's. And recently I saw a documentary about the brain and it sort of started this thought in my head because the whole documentary was talking about how we actually all basically have the same brain. And in fact, when Einstein died, they took his brain, they dissected it, there are different parts of his brain in different places, but they took different pieces of it. And do you know what they found? Nothing. It is not special. Einstein was not special. And I think that people were really disappointed in finding this. And I would have to say I'm encouraged. So then a few days later, I realized that Disney Plus, which I own because we have a subscription to because we have children and it's it's a great subscription. Uh, no affiliation here, clearly. But I mean, it's Disney Plus and it's great. I noticed that Disney acquired the rights. Of course they did. They acquired the rights to everything. Acquired the rights to these recordings of the Beatles called the Get Back Sessions. And there was a man who was hired to create this film that was going to be released. Clearly it never was, but they kept hours and hours of footage. I think there were like hundreds, maybe even a thousand hours. I don't know, some an obscene amount of time, maybe 200 hours of, of footage of these men creating their album, Get Back, uh, which actually became Let It Be. Uh, Get Back is on that album. Now, you probably don't know this about me, but I'm a huge Beatles fan. I have been a Beatles fan since I was 14 years old, and I own every album to this day. I own the albums. Yes, I do. Uh, I own several of the vinyls as well. I just think they are creative geniuses, and over time, as I've gotten older, 
not only am I a fan of the music, but I'm a fan of the process. And this documentary really hammered it home to me about how all of us can be as amazing as the Beatles. And I want to share it with you because I thought, holy cow, more people need to know that they too could be as successful as Steve Jobs, the Beatles, you know, anyone you think of as high creatives. You know, let's go back to Einstein, where we started with this. We all have it in us. And this documentary showed how much you and I have all of this in us. And so I wanted to share, as I took notes on my phone from watching this, yes, I totally did that, that these were my takeaways from what I learned. And it was just a fascinating documentary that I don't necessarily think you need to watch. I just want you to know that you are as creative, gifted, talented, amazing as the Beatles and anyone else that we highly regard in our society. So the first thing I noticed was the process is painful. So I told you that they had, I think it was over 200 hours of video of these men creating. And what I will tell you is there were parts in this documentary that were like watching paint dry. Have you ever been in a group project where you're going to write a paper together and you think, let's write it as a group? Oh my gosh, no, that's a horrible idea, right? Well, in this process, you saw four incredibly talented men just, hmm, what should go next? I don't know if I like this. Hmm. And just playing and sticking with something, which leads to my next point. They circled ideas for hours. And what I mean by circling it is they weren't landing on the final product. And what's so fascinating as the viewer is, you know, we know what song they came up with. We know the ending. We know the amazingness that they're about to create. And I have to tell you, as somebody who knows all the songs, I was like, oh, no, that's not it. Keep going. No, I'm like on the other end of this documentary telling them that they're not quite there and they're really proud of some things. But you know what separates them from the rest of us is that they are willing to sit in that uncomfortable circling longer. If you are willing to sit in that frustration because that's really what happens and you can see it on their faces, right on the other side of that frustration is a really big idea, a really great creative solution. And it's really fascinating watching them work as well as a team. And something that I was shocked about in this documentary was hearing, we've always done it that way. And not just hearing that, but hearing it from John Lennon. Roughly, he said, you know, we've always done it this way. And George, who is this hyper-creative, innovative guy who's talking about what jazz musicians are doing and what this awesome keyboardist is doing and what all these people are doing in the industry. And John and Paul are like, yeah, but that's that music. That's not us. We've always done it this way. And you can see the frustration on his face. 
which leads me to my point of maybe you've outgrown where you are. Maybe you've been a part of this amazing organization that has changed things, it's moved the needle, but all of a sudden, you've outgrown it and you have bigger and better things ahead for you. Now, I am also a huge George Harrison fan and what I will tell you from that is knowing what's on the other side of him leaving the Beatles, which happens to be a double album of insanely wonderful songs. These songs are fantastic. It's like, get out, buddy. They are doing their thing. They don't value your creativity anymore. It is time for you to move on and fly because you are so incredibly gifted. And I don't know if a lot of people know this, but George Harrison is one of the pioneers for why we even had music videos in the first place. Yeah. So huge creative and nobody's really listening to him. So he doesn't have that respect. And I just thought even George Harrison was disrespected and wasn't believed in. So if that doesn't feel like something you felt before, then I don't know what it is. Something else that I absolutely loved in this documentary is that, again, being the observer, you know, 40 years in the future, 50 years in the future, knowing where these songs are going to go, if you happen to watch the documentary, George and Paul play not just songs that were on Let It Be, they play songs that also ended up on Abbey Road, and they also play songs that end up on their own solo albums, those first solo albums that they put out. Tons of material. I mean, they are cranking out these beautiful songs, and you're like, oh my gosh, that is an amazing song. You should put this on the album, you know? In your head, you're thinking that. But they didn't, right? In some cases, they waited one more album, so they waited until Abbey Road, or they waited two albums and actually released it as their own thing. And they had the song potentially three years before they released it as a solo. And what that really showed me was just because you have a great idea doesn't mean that you have to execute all great ideas right now. Sometimes it's important to hold those great ideas, let them ferment a bit, and then move into it and execute on it later. I recently watched another amazing, wasn't really a documentary, it's a musical called Tick, Tick, Boom. And it was about the guy who created Rent and how Rent was something he created years and years ago, like 10 years before he actually went back to it and decided to produce it and, and make it an actual musical. And again, watching this documentary, I saw it again. Great, amazing ideas that these men sat on for a few years until they were truly ready to be out in the world. They understood how to prioritize and that sometimes creative breakthroughs need a little more time. And I think we all need to give ourselves that because I think we as a society really are all about the hare and not the tortoise. We think that everything has to happen fast when really we all know that those ideas that we stick with, 
that we hold on to, that we hone, that we polish over time, those are the lasting and sustainable ideas. And everything doesn't have to happen at once. So in this documentary, they're trying to create a live show in this ridiculous window of time of like 14 days or something. So they are talking about writing and then performing this live in 14 days, which is basically unheard of. And even they say it several different times during the documentary. We've never done this before. We've never created this many new songs and performed them live in this short amount of time. We've never done this. And so things had to be cut. And so that prioritization I thought was really interesting. But the other thing that I loved about it was they had not performed in two years live at this point of the recording of this. And what I thought was fascinating was they haven't recorded in two years. I mean, they've recorded. They haven't performed in two years. But they feel that not only are they going to perform, but it needs to be new material. So they've got to do all of this stuff in a 14-day window which by the way, they abandon about halfway through the documentary because they realize how ridiculous it is. They're thinking about flying all over the world, playing on a cruise ship, doing all these things for this live show. And they're like, this is too much pressure. Let's still do a live album, but let's do it where it fits us and it fits our timeline. And so pressure actually helps them make better decisions and saying, okay, what do we really need here? What schedule do we really need to keep so that we can actually produce these songs and create this live album? And the most fascinating thing to me in this entire documentary was how many people walk in and out of the rooms that they're in. I mean, I've never seen so many distractions in my life and it made me feel better. There's this... Um, video from the 80s of uh, you know actually John Lennon playing Imagine with this white piano in a room you know it's blank walls I think he's wearing white everything's white I don't know why but I like to think of hyper creative people in rooms like that no distractions nothing going on them and their instrument and they're just cranking stuff out y'all know that doesn't happen to anyone ever in the history of the world, there are always distractions. So instead of letting those distractions rule you, because I think most of us do, let's be the Beatles and just see it for what it is. Go have lunch and come back and write, let it be. You know, have somebody need something from you and discuss something from you and switch lanes in the business talking about different strategies and then go and write an amazing song. I mean, it was truly fascinating. I really did, before watching this, believe that they sat down and wrote a song start to finish. And that is not at all what they did in this documentary. It was like one little piece, and then they do something else. Another little piece, and then they do something else. Three days later, oh yeah, let's revisit this. I was like, wow. I had no idea how discombobulated their creativity is and how everyone suffers from distractions. And I will also tell you 
that one of my favorite things in it was Ringo. You know why? We all need Ringo. We all need a Ringo. Ringo was incredibly supportive of anything and everything that was going on. He was pretty much the first person to every practice. There was a day when George Harrison left the band. He showed up the next day anyway, and he was there for a couple hours by himself, and he didn't leave. He waited. And then Paul showed up, and they sat together. They didn't know what to do, but they were together. And Ringo was all about telling everybody as they played how talented they were, how gifted they were, what a great sound that was, how amazing that was. We all need Ringo. I thought he was a great uh, drummer. Now I just think he's an amazing human being. And every single person, every team needs a Ringo. That really is the glue that holds everyone together and has an amazing beat in the background that keeps everybody on point. I mean, come on, just amazing, amazing stuff. And then the final thing that I wanted to mention was teamwork is great, but deep work trumps every time. So they're trying to create things as a team. And just like I started this with, that's really hard. Now, as a band, of course you need to, hey, I've been working on this song. Ringo, I need drums. John, I need, you know, a guitar. Of course. But the deep work was happening when they went home. So they would spend 12 hours in the studio and then they'd go home and the next day they'd be like, oh, I wrote this thing last night. And you're just like, what? This is the most amazing thing ever. And then they all decide to play it or not. It was really fascinating. But I just want you to know that teamwork is wonderful, but you need that deep work time. Distractions are completely normal. We all have them. If you feel like your ideas are not getting honored, you need to go somewhere else and bloom there. And you are no different than any of these other people. The process is painfully slow at times. But if you circle the idea, if you keep circling it, you stay with it, you lean into that frustration on the other side of it is a winning album. And that winning album is your life, your career, and the impact that you make on other people. If you take nothing else away, please know that you are as gifted and as talented as anyone else on this planet. Stay with the creativity because you have value. Did you love what you heard today? And you want more? Sign up for my weekly email in the show notes. It's packed with tips and tricks to lead and love your life. You can also follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram by typing in Emily Hawkins, the number four, the letter U. I'll see you here next week.